The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I've got Cody Smith. He's a Navy veteran, and he also went head head first on his motorcycle into a moving car and there's quite the story there but before we uh before we bring on cody and introduce him um i just wanted to share something so we had a guy uh just recently um that was um i he was actually on a previous podcast you guys remember if you've listened to the had the undercover amazon employee on that told all well um for a thank you, I gave him a bunch of our products to try out some, cause he was telling me about his diet and stuff. He's like, Hey, what do you know about this? I said, let me give you some of this for coming on the show. And, um, he just sent me a text, um, yesterday, 8 50 AM. It says, bro, your detox and greens are making me feel effing superhuman. Like, dude, I get it now. I feel so clear. It took a minute, but man, I feel, uh, focused and driven again. So what was really cool is that um, since then, I've actually chatted with him, and he is going to be, um, I think, moving um, to follow his passion in life, which is really exciting. So that's what we're all about over here, and it's it, it's it's so exciting to me, like when because this happens, it happens like daily now, and it's because that's how it happened for me. I was able to transform my health. And through the path of health, I opened up all these other doors of abundance that were sitting there the whole time. My relationships, my career choices, my spiritual practice, all these things opened up. And my path just started with health. Other people's paths start with other things. Some actually start out of tragedy, which we're going to talk about today. Or so-called tragedy. Was it bad? Well, we'll see uh, when we get to this story with Cody. So um, Cody Smith, brother, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Tim. Very, I also, very excited I, to be on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, man. I also wanted to thank you for um, your service to our country, too. So that's number one. Um, we always want to give a shout out to our veterans, first responders, um, any military, any anybody like that, veterans. Um, we just active military, law enforcement. We're behind you 100%. If you ever need anything, just go ahead and reach out to us over here at chemicalfreebody.com. We would like to help you boost your immune system. I feel like I'm one of the defenders of public health, and we want to um, open our doors and our hearts to you guys, and we're always here for you. Okay. So I, um, Cody's actually, uh, one of our clients and I just randomly called him up and he told me a story and sent me some pictures of this auto accident. But before we get into that, cause you guys, you're going to want to stick around to hear this story. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, had his spine severed completely. It was pronounced dead on the scene, but, um, before that, Cody, what were you doing? Like, uh, where'd you grow up and what was it like where you're growing up? And then how'd you get into the military? Well, I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, um, was really proud of where I was from, grew up, had real, a lot of tight friends. Um, there is, uh, some downsides of growing up in Baltimore being outside of an inner city, you know, there's, there's crime, there's drugs. And a lot of my friends went down that path. Um, I began to kind of enter that path and 
before it was too late, you know, I kind of cleaned myself up a couple times and the, you know, the, one of the final times I got clean, I decided it's time to do something with my life. And I joined the Navy. Uh, I got in by the skin of my teeth. Uh, I had a lot of waivers from a couple misdemeanors and minor things like that. But uh, I was very thankful that I got in. Um, uh, my life really began when I left Maryland, I feel like, and I was able to find out more about who I was. But, you know, long story short, I, I joined the Navy. I got stationed in San Diego on board the USS Boxer LHD-4. Um, it's a big amphibious carrier. It's got like a well deck in the back. We're a taxi cab for Marines, basically. And my job was aviation ordnance. So I built bombs and rockets. So I was primarily just a bomb builder at the bottom of the ship. And we send the assembled bombs to the flight deck and the other crew puts them on the aircraft and they take off and hopefully come back with empty wings and bad guys taken care of. And it was a cool job, you know, not being on the front line but still serving and feeling like I was making a difference. Um, I met my wife on board that ship. She got sent out to that ship as her new command. She's a corpsman, so she's a combat medic for Marines. Um, so so I would you, see you, her. Met, you met your wife. Um, she Yeah, so she was a combat medic. And so you meet her there, but like... Can you guys fraternize? <laughs> oh, no, no. See, it was, uh, we were how in the that, middle of a seven-month deployment. So she got flown onto the ship about halfway through as her new command. So everything looks really pretty when you're on a boat for that long. And uh, she looked really pretty to me. I'm like, I, I was intimidated to talk to her. I didn't feel it was the right time to talk to her. So I'm like, let me just put this on hold and try to talk to her when we pull back in from deployment. And uh, lo and behold, she was dating one of my friends, or one of her friends was dating one of my friends in my department. We worked in so totally separate parts of the ship, and we met out in town one day in San Diego. I think it was in uh, Pacific Beach or Ocean Beach, one of those cool little hippie towns, and we just hit it off. It was one of those things where everybody's all sloppy drunk dancing on the dance floor, and we just were like, hey, let's go uh, smoke a cigarette by the fire pit, which that's a, a habit that I've since dropped, but uh yeah that's just yeah, that's an accomplishment right there man yeah it's it's tough um stopping, i still have my stopping the cigarette smoking that's a that's a tough one i know growing up my mom and dad were they were smoking all the time um my dad was like black coffee and palm malls no filter like yeah right into it. and <laughs> i just think it was a nature of being in the navy and being around a lot of smokers you know my being parents bored. didn't smoke yeah being bored you know so smoking and dipping were a were a heavy thing when you're oh, on yeah. board a ship but yeah, we, we hit it off really well, and um, I ended up getting out of the Navy in 2012. She got out in 2013, and when I got out, I was looking for work in San Diego, and it's really hard to find work, no matter if you're a veteran or not, or you have to have a lot of experience, you know, previous experience on a lot of these jobs I was looking at, but uh, I've been around motorcycles my whole life. My dad got me on a dirt bike racing at five after I learned how to ride a bike at four, and it's always been a part of me, so I... Uh, I had a friend that knew a guy at the Harley Davidson dealer in Orange County, and I started working there and commuting from San Diego to Orange County until I eventually moved up there and wife well, got out. Of, what was yeah. your first dirt bike? Oh, first PW50. PW50, okay. Yeah, and before I, that, it was a four-wheeler. It was a little Y-Singer, a Yamaha 60. Okay. Yeah, but, my buddy, yeah. Um, I got a hand-me-down bike. So my, my buddy was, he had an XR 75, the Honda. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then he got a, uh, which one he, he got an IT 175 with the big 
enduro gas tank and yeah oh, like but it was you know what was bad days. it was that two-stroke that noisy damn two-stroke i love this sound with the power the smell band. of a two-stroke there's nothing like the smell of a two-stroke i miss those in dirt bike racing nowadays because everything's kind of four-stroke now but mm. yeah two strokes is uh two-stroke dirt bikes are my roots for sure so you know branching over into something else that's just two wheels it's a different heritage i didn't know anything about harley davison I personally was making fun of Harley Davidson and I still do to this day a little bit just because of they're just big, heavy and loud things that most people make fun of a Harley. But I, I quickly learned that it's, it's a family. It's, it's really veteran American supported, you know, first responders, kind of like the stuff that, you know, you support with your company, you know, they're, they're very much American driven and the American spirit. And I I did like that. It was really cool working with other veterans. No, I never went to Sturgis, but I did meet a lot of people that have been. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that trailer their bikes out there. And, you know, they say that you got to ride it crazy. out there. crazy. See, I had a bunch of relatives that lived in Rapid City, South Dakota. So, um, and my cousin actually played in a band up at a bar in Sturgis. And I was, a, I got to be a bouncer up there when I was 21. Holy I was a little crap. nervous to do it because I figured <laughs> I needed to scare people. So that one of the band guys, they they were putting fake tattoos on. So I put a, like a like a neck Asian piece <laughs> Chinese tattoo on my neck and you know that kind of scares people when you see a dude with a tattoo on his neck for and sure it looked real too it looked real so that's um, hilarious anyway that was my little story but Sturgis man those people are Harley enthusiasts oh my god they come from doctors and lawyers they grow beards they come from Germany they put their boats on bikes or their their bikes on boats <laughs> one of the two yeah it's they, worldwide it really they is drive into Sturgis and hang out it's like I don't know how many people go in there? I think it was like 350,000 show up. It's a lot of revenue for that town. Absolutely. So obviously, yeah. you're into motorcycles is the bottom of the story here. Absolutely. Big time into yeah. motorcycles, right? Yeah. Yeah, motorcycles. I played ice hockey growing up, did some drums, and those are pretty much like my top three hobbies. And all of those require your legs. So um, after my accident, I've definitely done a lot of reinventing myself and learning other ways to do things and learning different hobbies um i've tried sled hockey actually since then i've tried a couple of sports and not too much has really reached out to me in in a way that adaptive crossfit has lately been doing that for about four months now and that's something i feel like i i I have a natural ability at i really like doing it i enjoy the suffering of working out and just doing the amount of work that's required for a workout of the day and i feel really accomplished it's a it's a functional fitness thing that just it's, it's improved my quality of life a lot. And I'm looking at trying to compete and trying to qualify coming up here in February or March, I believe the wheel wide games are, or the, the CrossFit games are. So I'm going to try to get with the uh, CrossFit guy that owns the gym. Shout out to CrossFit watchtower in Inglewood, uh, cool. Kevin Ogar. He's a fellow wheelchair user. Um, he's paralyzed and he's, he's a coach and, has taught me a lot about functional movements and range of motion. And just, it's a constant learning curve. Every time I go there, really enjoy it a lot. That's awesome, man. So you got goals, you have a vision for your future. That's really exciting. But you know, there was a um, point in time when that wasn't so why not. So for listeners that you have to understand, like, why don't you just tell them about the accident and then we'll take a break because I want to just, what was happening on that day? You woke up and you were doing what, and then what happened? 
Yeah. So um, leading up to the accident, I had a buddy of mine that I sold a few Harleys to. We were good friends and we would go on a ride on our day off or on my day off. And that was just like my mental clarity day, you know, my therapy day. We're just kind of unwind, feel like a million bucks when I get back. And, you know, living in Orange County, California, there's beautiful riding out through the Santa Monica Mountains, Trabuco Canyon, like so many beautiful areas that you can't take for granted. You got to see them all. And hit as much as I can. So we were on a typical ride um, that day. It was part, or I, from what I remember, we planned on going on a ride and I woke up in the hospital a week later. I don't have a recollection of any accident, but I woke up in a bed. I, I couldn't sit up. I didn't have any core control. I didn't really notice that I couldn't move my legs, but I just noticed that I didn't have any ability to control my core or my abdomen to be able to sit up on my own. I had a neck brace on, I had two casts and bilateral compound fractures in my forearms. Um, it's a it's a laundry list of injuries, um, but I was pronounced dead on the scene. Uh, I had collapsed lungs, chest tubes in. Um, I had a T9 burst fracture, which if you're not familiar with our anatomy, a T9 is just a couple inches above your belly button, right around that area. So that's kind of where like my control and my function stops at and my feeling. Your spine was severed. It wasn't completely severed. It was, if you look at the MRI, it was smashed, almost completely mm. flat. So a, a side note was I was told by the doctors in the very beginning, you're going to walk again. You're going to walk again. You know, I had all of this hope and all of this positivity that I'm going to walk again. I'm, I might learn to walk with my new son because my wife is five months pregnant with our son coming into the world. We had just got engaged. A lot of things were happening. Um, I actually had a job lined up in Colorado. We were planning to move out after we found out we were having a kid, but mm. she gets, uh, she's my friend that was riding with me that day breaks the news to her by coming to the house and saying that I broke my arm because he was holding my arm together that it blew out of its skin on a compound fracture of one of my forearms and he was holding it together. I mean, he has some PTSD from the accident, just being there and witnessing the whole thing. And there's a guy that responded um, he was the only bystander that responded nearby and he was the first one on the scene and he held me in my arms or it held me in his arms and I was dead. I was lifeless and he got really messed up from that too. He's gone to therapy and has PTSD from how traumatic that was an experience for him. But he was, first thing he thought of was this guy must be a Marine. He's got a short haircut or raped by Camp Pendleton. He must be military. He must have family. And while he's thinking all these things, I jolted in his arms and I guess I began to breathe or gurgle. Um, like I said, I have no re recollection of it, but I truly believe that that day um, was supposed to be the end of my life. But I, I, I really feel like God had other plans for me. That's and awesome, man. I get little... choked up talking about it. <laughs> yeah, brother. Yeah. The power it's, of uh... prayer right there, that guy. So we'll just, there's the cliffhanger. We'll leave you there, guys. We're going to yeah. take a quick break when we get back. Cody a minute to compose himself a little bit more appreciate you sharing this stuff because it's like crazy you're just going out for a nice bike ride with your buddy all of a sudden you know you get in a massive car accident we'll break kind of that down a little bit when we get back but um and then you wake up like a week later in the hospital and you know shit's not working anymore so yeah. we'll take a quick break and we'll get right back Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. 
Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with Cody Smith, Navy veteran. And uh, car accident, or actually motorcycle slash car accident victim. Um, Cody was riding his bicycle. Not his bicycle. His motorized bicycle. Um, Was it a Harley? It was a Harley, right? Yeah, it was a Harley day. It was an XR1200 for anybody that's a Harley person. They know that that's a, it's a sportster that doesn't look like the everyday Harley. It kind of looks like a flat track taller okay. harley so so what happened was is um why don't you tell a story so some dude you were just going along and he pulled out in front of you or what happened yeah so the only reason why i know this is not because of my memory of the accident there was a security camera that was placed at this gated community that this kid had pulled into uh by mistake and he went to pull out of it and he wanted to go kind of left across all lanes of traffic and i'm coming from that side and basically the schematics are i had less than two seconds to react at a 45 mile an hour zone where everybody was cruising at about you know 55 almost 60 so i impacted the side of his driver's door and i held on to the impact i didn't go flying so i held on to the handlebars really tight to the point that i had metacarpal fractures bilateral compound fractures and they had to put hardware in both arms um i had a collapsed lungs. I had a traumatic brain injury. I had a C7 fracture in my neck. So that alone could have made me a quadriplegic. So I'm fortunate that I have grip strength. I can use my hands because I've been around quadriplegics a lot since my accident and see the struggle that they go through. And, you know, it's, it's a different world for those kind of people. And when you can't grab your cup or hold your fork, you know, it's yeah. just, it really makes you thankful for the things that you still have or hold your so kid, many things your are, wife. Yeah. Hold my kid. Exactly. And that was something that I didn't know if I was going to be able to do because my arms were so messed up at the time of my accident. I wasn't able to put weight on my arms to learn to do proper transfers on a slide board to get in and out of my chair in the car. So I was doing transfers on my elbows using yoga blocks and I wasn't putting weight on them. Like I said, for about three months, and I was fortunate that I had my cast off in time to be able to at least hold my son when he was born. But it was, uh, it's, it's quite the, it's quite a thing to wrap your brain around when you're in the hospital at the trauma center that you're going to give birth to your son at in four months at the mm-hmm. time of your accident. I mean, it was just crazy going back into that hospital. Giving what was birth it like waking up when and all of a so, sudden you can't walk? Well, I, I woke up and I was foggy in my brain. I could tell because my, my family was there and I didn't recognize my family. I remember this part. Like I, I thought my dad was someone else. I was like, who's this old guy? And my dad is already pretty messed up at the fact that his son's, you know, has a broken neck and back and arms and all of this ribs and sternum and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and even imagine. It, it was heartbreaking. You know, they thought that I had brain damage, you know, because I, I come out of this medically induced coma gurgling, barely even coherent you know being able to understand what i'm saying and yeah i, I thought my little brother that had flew out from oregon he i thought him he was a co-worker of mine i was like oh there's rj and like it was a lot of like it was very foggy in the very beginning and 
So I, there was a lot that I wasn't comprehending. There was, I was comprehending very little. And uh, basically getting into rehab, um, you know, learning to get up, learning that, oh my gosh, I, I thought spinal cord injury meant that you just can't walk anymore. And that's what a lot of people think. And that's what I thought. I had just sold a Harley Davidson to a guy that had a co-signer that was in a wheelchair. And none of these things crossed my brain when I had sold a bike to him that things that I was learning that, oh, now you can't control your bladder. Now you can't control your bowels. Now you have to intermittent catheter to empty your, your bladder. And if you don't do it in time and you have a bladder spasm, you're going to piss yourself. And the same thing can happen on the other end of the fence without getting too graphic. Right. So right. there's stimulation involved that you have to, you know, empty those areas on a daily basis and depend on how much water you drink, you know, it's just, you have to calculate every aspect of your life at that point. So it was, uh, it was a lot of learning and a lot of help in the beginning because I wasn't able to do a lot on my own, you know, like I wasn't able to pick up or lean on my arms and that's what you have left to get around when you don't have your legs at that point. So it was a very, very humbling experience in the very beginning that, um, I'm glad that I went through it. I would never want to go through it again. Military, I would love to, I would do that again in a heartbeat, but something like this, I'm glad I went through it, but I would never wish this on my worst enemy. I had some very dark times. I mean, they, after, after you're in, in a situation like that with a spinal cord injury, the protocol for the doctors are to put you on anti-spasm medication, such as baclofen, um, nerve pain medication, such as gabapentin, pain medication on top of that, if there's still a problem with pain um, management. And there was, I was in, in God awful pain from everywhere I could feel in my upper body. I mean, from my head down to my fingertips to every, as low as I could feel on my belly and my back. And, and I still feel, you know, deal with that on a daily basis, but they basically get you on like a, a hunt and a search to just like try to eliminate it mask these symptoms but everything that i was masking them with was creating more problems and you know i'm not one to i'm not here to thrash a medical community but for me everything that i tried to do to better my life in the medical community via surgery via medication has only set me back and has only made more problems for me so i i guess um in that two to three years of just chasing, you know, I, I, I had a procedure done where they put a baclofen pump, where they pump this medication via the hockey puck size device that they put under your skin and your belly that you can visibly see. And you got to be careful with, there's, you know, a lot of precautions you got to take with that. But, um, you know, I, I was doing that and, um, it, it just didn't work. I, it created more problems. I had a CSF leak, which is cranial spinal fluid leak. And, your brain floats in your, in your head via CSF, you know, your spinal fluid. So yeah. once you have an, a, a pressure where that's dropping and it's leaking, like it was doing me out of like my T11, where that catheter tube is put out for the medicine to go in. I just, uh, it, it, it was a nonstop CSF leak and long story short, they ended up pulling it out four surgeries later. I had an IVC filter that they put in at the time of the accident because they wanted to keep blood clots from going to my heart or lungs or anything like that um it didn't go in as planned or go in the right spot so it was jammed in a vein and it deployed and, and was sticking through the vein in eight or nine different spots you know those things look like a spider kind of thing like a robot spider and 
a surgery to get that out as an eight hour long surgery. They're pulling out pieces of metal out of my iliac vein. I mean, slicing me open from the side down to, you know, my hip and, um, complication after that surgery. Um, it, it you know, I had, uh, problems with constipation from all the medications. And when you have a spinal cord injury, everything slows down in your digestive system. So there's, you basically are put on all these stool softeners from the very beginning, whether you think you need them or not. It's just like a, a protocol and a regimen that they kind of get you on. Well, that regimen wasn't doing anything good for me after about two to three years in of chasing these regimens and being on top of it and adding medication, taking away medications and removing devices from my body. I, uh, I, I, I was fed up with it and I was very depressed. I was very suicidal. I didn't want to go on anymore. I was crying out to God on a daily basis. Please take this from me, take this pain from me, take these spasms from me. Because I always thought that if someone's paralyzed, that just means their legs just flop around. They can do whatever they want. And that's usually what you see when you see someone in a wheelchair, but my situation's not quite that mine. I have what's called spasticity and tone where my muscles just tense up in my legs. If I'm just sitting here, I'm sitting here talking to you and my left thigh is just tensing up. It's like my foot wants to just extend out and kick straight out in front of me type thing. So it's like, it's, it's torturous, but there's positives to it. It keeps me from having pressure sores because I maintain a little bit of muscle mass in my legs that a lot of people don't, that don't have spasticity. So it's, uh, it's been a lot of relearning and a lot of reinventing myself and learning to live with struggles and not trying to wish away a struggle and, you know, be in denial of a struggle, I guess you could say, I'm not sure the right way to put it, but facing my struggle head on and dealing with it the best way that I possibly can. And it's like taking charge of my life, taking charge of my health. And I, I ended up detoxing off of all of these various medications, um, I read a book actually that uh, someone in a wheelchair user had um, recommended to me called own the day, own your life by Aubrey Marcus, the owner of on it. And it had a lot of really good routines to kind of implement on your day-to-day -day life to just build momentum from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. You know, it's, it's, you don't push a car from a dead stop. You have to get some momentum to it to get it rolling kind of thing. And I took a lot of aspects from that book away and, and implemented them into my life and started learning a little bit more and researching a lot more. I, I um, heard about you, the healthier show on a tinfoil hat episode. Cause I, I like comedy. I like conspiracies and I like <laughs> Sam's hilarious. You know, dude. He's hilarious. Yeah. So he can't um, help being not being funny. Oh man, that guy, he's, he's awesome. There's the, and, and, and the whole, he's got a good heart too. He is a wonderful human being. Wonderful. Yeah. dude. Yeah. I would love to meet. So him shout someday. out to Trent, uh, Sam Tripoli over at uh, tinfoil hat podcast. Absolutely. Shout out. I wear their shirts all the time. <laughs> cool. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, I think me not having a son, I, I, I don't know if I would have had the, the strength to push on in those dark times. Like I never felt so defeated and like, I didn't, want to go on and had no purpose and it's 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 crazy because some days I still I, it's not like those feelings have gone away I've just gotten better at dealing with them some days you know that that voice is louder than others but um I get motivated by a lot of guys like Jocko Willing on the his podcast I mean he's a Navy SEAL that you know 
really harps on extreme ownership. And I think that's something that's really missing in society today. And it was missing in my life just because I was following society and following social media. Since then, I, I don't have any social media and I've focused on just me and my family. And I think it's the best decision I ever could have made. You said um, something earlier. You said, I took charge of my life. I took charge of my health. Yeah. And that's what you're talking about. It's like taking responsibility, you know, having yeah. the ability to respond, taking 100% responsibility for everything in your life, your health, yeah. your relationships, your spiritual path, all of it. We can't be it. blameless. When, as soon as you do that, you, you get empowered. Absolutely. Because if it's up to me, it's up to me, right? It's like you have, instead of like, oh, well, like, like if I have a health issue, like I used to, I was like, turn it over to somebody else, you know? And if I like their answer or not, it's like, whatever, but. I had to figure this stuff out for myself, just like you did. And what, you know, what's cool that I've learned though, is like when we have these, you know, so-called dark moments where we're down in the hole, you know, that kind of thing when it's low frequency, there's, there's a vibrational frequency to that. And when you go down, there's momentum going down, but that momentum goes down and you hit the rock bottom and you, it's the exact same momentum going, taking you up. So the, people that have been through more like spiritual pain, physical pain, that kind of stuff. We also have higher highs. I agree. That's, that's a very good point. Cause the momentum will take you just up. So you actually can experience stuff. At a, so you start like, for me, like I am so thankful now. I am so thankful. Like I try to remember every day, like how dude, I could have, it was, I could have had a heart attack. I could have died of cancer. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, just having like. an attitude of gratitude can take you so far and it can transform a situation from being doom and gloom to this is something that's going to help me. This is here for a reason. I'm going through this because it's going to make me stronger. And that kind of mentality is what I really like about working out and, and putting myself through the pain and embracing the pain and the struggle, because I know that when this is over, I'm going to feel better. My pain level is going to be a little bit lower. It's just going to ripple into my life. So, I mean, you can't just lean on working out. You can't just lean on being spiritual. You can't, you know, just lean on one thing or the other. You have to collectively do all of these things and you have to do them every day. It's like once one thing I let fall to the wayside, then I start to feel everything else fall apart. Like, I know it sounds cliche, but I, I take my green 85 with me on trips and everywhere I go because I'm like, okay, I'm on a hotel room. You know, I, I still need to gut down my green 85 first thing in the morning, whether I like it or not because it's going to maintain what I've built. I need to keep this momentum that I started. I can't, I, I don't want to start back over from a dead stop again. Yeah, absolutely. We have a lot of people. So, I'm like that too, man. I don't miss actually one of the reasons why we built that product was because I will not miss on two green juices a day. I, and sometimes when you're traveling, you can't make a fresh pressed one, right? Yeah. It, a lot it's of people, so easy. It's just, they're not going to juice. I know it. So it's just easy to scoop and go. It makes it simple. But um, yeah, I'm like, it's, it doesn't it's matter too if you're in a hotel or not. Your body still requires connection with nature and you still need those nutrients. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So That's really cool. I, I actually, I took a second serving today, actually, before the show. And I usually don't do a second one. I'll be like, I'm pretty regular with just my one in the morning. But it's like, you know what? Since uh, I'm going to be on the Health Hero show, let me take a second dose beforehand. <laughs> so my clarity is optimum. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome dude well cool but, let's do yeah. this we'll take another quick break and when we get back i want to get into like what you're doing all the cool things that you're doing now and um some of the things that you did to come back from this massive spinal cord injury and um and what you're doing to live an abundant happy life we'll be right back 
The average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health while leaving your good bacteria behind, which is part of your immune system. And there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with my special guest, Cody Smith, Navy veteran, and um, also a guy who's rebuilding his life. So um, Cody slammed into the side of a car on his Harley, smashed his back, messed himself up pretty bad, was pronounced dead on the scene. And, um, you know, you went through a lot of, uh, you know, I've had like a guy on, um, Sean Enton, he's the stroke hacker. He was a guy that was, you know, financial success, couple daughters, wife on the beach, businesses doing all this cool stuff. And then, uh, was kind of choked out a little bit on, a, um, jujitsu training and crushed his artery and then stroked mm. out and then couldn't, had to relearn how to use his arms, his, his legs, everything just like total, you know, just, t just com completely he was wanted to die, you know, all that kind of stuff going through his head. Why me and all this stuff. And, and now he's one of the strongest people that I know. And the, I know another guy, Sam Morris, I've had Sam on too. Sam was, um, uh, took some, some kids, like some teenagers and, and bicycled across America, right. Just helping the youth out doing all this stuff, end up getting in a car, um, with a drunk driver. He wasn't even drinking and they got in a car accident and, um, totally uh you know paralyzed himself and you know the bed sores and you know dealing with all that stuff in the open wounds and and just um man the adversity and again dude's stronger in the bed of nails i mean just a tough dude i love the guy and he's helped a lot of other people he's helped a ton of people um jake french is another one um a buddy of his ran in late at night put him in a uh like a uh like a um what do you call it uh uh you know, when you put your arms underneath their arms and like this around the neck, what's that called? Oh yeah. Um, can't believe I forgot the name of it. I'm spacing it here. That's like a full Nelson. Full Nelson. Yeah. It wasn't a half go. Nelson. It was the full thing. <laughs> yeah. Put him in a full Nelson <laughs> yeah. and, and, um, slipped, they slipped and, um, they fell forward and Jake couldn't put his arms out to catch himself and snapped his neck paraplegic. <laughs> and he was, he was a logger doing what he really loved. He loved logging and stuff like that. He was in the competitions throwing axes and stuff. So these guys and you, that's why I wanted to have you on. It's like, it's so important. Like, I'm telling you what, you having a bad day, you listen to this podcast, you shouldn't be having a bad day, right? There's some contrast here, right? You know, for somebody to go through what you did, um, it's actually amazing to me. That's like I said, I got to have you on, dude. You sent me those pictures of the car accident and all the stuff. I'm like, holy crap. You got your little kid and his little, little was it karate or jujitsu? Yeah, it's karate do. It's a Japanese karate. karate do. How old is your son, Ezra? He's five. He'll be six next month. He's five. Super and cute. His first year of kindergarten. Your truth. Yeah, he's uh, he really is my motivation to be a better person. I mean, once you have a kid, period. Let alone a kid paralyzed, all the you know everything else handed along with it. The kid, it, it, they they're supposed to make you a better person. If they don't, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. 
Well, and I guess how fortunate for you, we talked about this, um, your wife, Veronica, being a trained combat medic, she could probably throw you over her shoulder and run you around if she needed to, and she probably has had to. Damn right she has. She has picked me up and put me back in my chair before, and uh, God couldn't have placed a better significant other, a soulmate in my life as she did. And there are so many weird little fates that brought our paths together. I wasn't even supposed to be on that ship. I picked orders to a different ship in Virginia Beach because I wanted to be near Maryland. She picked orders to a different ship and our orders got changed out of our control and we met each other. And I mean, the more I look back hindsight, it's just like, it, there's no such things as coincidences. And, you know, I, I really felt like so many times in those dark moments that God left me. I, I feel like I'm just so alone. I have nothing my my higher power, you know, God, the person that I lean on that I felt like was there was didn't feel there. But when I look at it, hindsight, he's been there every moment, you know, and you talk about all these people that have been on that have almost died. And they're now the strongest people you've met. It just it confirms the saying what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And mm -hmm. I, I really try to have that mindset to embrace struggle nowadays. And I and I try to do my best to face it head on and and be aware you know so awesome so man where well first off we got to give your wife a shout out because that's like what was it what what did that do to your relationship going through this well it, it uh, just about tore us apart many times many times i mean she's she's pregnant you know she's dealing with all of that um and we had complications where we thought we had a miscarriage before the accident so i mean ezra's really our miracle baby um she we we uh he had his uh the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck and he was they had to do an emergency c-section so it was like anything you know it was a lot of murphy's law and it's been a lot of murphy's law since the accident it's just like everywhere i go i'll have an issue and it's just like the people that work there's like sir we've never had this before we're so sorry and i'm like oh my god that's the story of my life on a day-to-day -day basis I'm, I'm i'm really used to it now so it's like it just forces me to plan for the worst, you know, kind of thing, just to always be ready. All right. So let's get into some of the things that you did to kind of turn your health around your life around. So number one, I know that, um, you, you made your own plan. You took responsibility for your health and then you started, I mean, what did you do with your diet and water and sleep? And what were some of the things that you implemented that started turning your health around and got your, you know, got your, um, uh, your attitude um, improved? Um, you know, I, I feel like it was just implementing little things. Um, and I still have much more to implement as, as you learn, as you go, you're like, wow, I thought I was doing something good. But the more you learn, you're like, wow, these aren't that great of traits to do, or I need to change this. And, you know, the more I talk to you, the more I learn about things that I need to change in my diet, change in my son's diet, just to where we can have better clarity and not ferment our insides with all of these toxins that we're putting inside of us and um i guess it all really started with uh i started drinking lemon juice i squeeze a lemon pink himalayan salt and water first thing in the morning and mm -hmm. this is before i knew about greens 80 green 85 and something like that that set the tone on my day for the longest time that it may have got my body you know full of electrolytes kind of flushed out a lot of toxins and started my day off right got got my bladder and all of that, you know, keeps UTIs down. And I don't know, I just started doing those. I've done uh, cold just showers. For the listeners, if you're not sure, that's urinary tract infections. That's what yes. that is. Yes. 
So I think we lost your your feed, but I, oh, there you're back. Doesn't matter. That. Um, I we could hear you the whole time. Cool. So, yeah. So you start drinking water, which yeah, is drinking a lot of water. Four secrets and, and not out of. If plastic. you guys haven't checked it out yet on our website, um, because we we have this manual now. Because usually, you know, we we talk about. I told you about it, like drinking adequate amounts of purified restructured water, chewing your food until liquefied, avoiding liquids with meals, and doing that breath work before you. We went into detail on that. You can get it. It's just go to the website at chemicalfreebody.com, and you guys will search around there a little bit and then the thing will pop up that says put in your email for a free gift and we'll down you can instant download that manual it has recipes and some other stuff in there but it goes into detail on these core four secrets and the first one is drinking water and so you did it you started adding water the first thing to your body right in the morning yeah. lemon it to alkalize a little salt in there for some minerals and you're you know you're basically getting yourself some electrolytes so i think that's probably pretty important Right for a guy that's embodies and inflamed. Oh yeah, trying, trying to heal up. Probably still Absolutely. are. Absolutely, yeah. So you did that, and so you did water. What else did you do? Um, I started eating a lot of you know salmon and fish, a lot of higher omega things. I just started to kind of watch out. I I I stopped eating fast food for the most part. I still do my chicken. That's a big one. Yeah, the the huge one. So removing stuff probably more than I was adding good stuff, but you know taking away a lot of the bad habits and slowly you know introducing some some good habits i've always been working out even before my accident so that that wasn't a hard one but my style of working out now has been more of a functional approach more of a range of motion more of a longevity approach and i feel like that's carried over into how i'm trying to eat um even spiritually you know like it's uh well, let's 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 break that down for a second so for those of you that are listening that are having a hard time doing exercise, you know, we usually, um, we say, don't even start there. We want to start you. We want to get you on water, get you on the greens, give you the energy to go do it. Right. But when you look like, uh, look, look at somebody like Cody here, um, he, he, his legs don't work and he's exercising. If you guys you can't see him, uh, if you're not on like YouTube or whatever, but this dude's built. Like your upper body, dude, you're, you're pretty jacked. So you're obviously taking it serious. You're going in there and you're doing the work. I'm sure that's helping out your recovery. And number one, exercise, when you can get to that point, you want to be able to do it. And it doesn't have to be going to CrossFit and killing yourself like Cody does. You know, going for a walk and getting your body moving. You got to start somewhere and build into these things, right? But there is nothing better um, for um, depression than exercising and chewing your food. Those are the two things. Chewing your food well, stimulating those meridian points in your teeth, uh, create, uh, upregulate your serotonin by up to 500%. We talk about that in the, in the manual. And then, um, and then exercise. So what's, how's, how's exercise uh, helped you with um, any depression? I mean, it's helped tremendously. Um, but as far as like how I used to exercise before going to CrossFit, you know, I, did, I haven't been killing myself at CrossFit, setting personal records like I've been doing the past four months the whole time. So um, before this, I was going to Planet Fitness super cheap, 10 bucks a month. And, you know, I, I YouTubed a lot of people in wheelchairs doing workouts. And if it wasn't for YouTube, I mean, I wouldn't know how to transfer to get in and out of my car. Um, for example, I drive with hand controls, like most people do that don't have legs that work and um, break down my chair. I take it apart every time I get in and out of my car. I refuse to drive a wheelchair van that I pull in and out of until I turn maybe 80 or 90. But even then, I think I'll... <laughs> be doing everything I possibly can to drive a normal car. So 
I drive the Colorado State vehicle, which is a Subaru Outback. Nice, <laughs> and, all-wheel uh, drive. It's a great car, but Jesus, yeah. there's a lot of them out here. But it's a perfect car for me. It fits my wheelchair in the back. I can put it in the passenger seat. But okay, so yeah, you're drinking water. Started... You're you're exercising. Obviously, you're. I mean, you're going to enter a CrossFit competition for God's sakes. What else did you do to help heal yourself up? Anything else? You know, I would say just like r- removing removing big pharma, changing my diet and exercise. Like it's simply, you know, it's not really much more complicated than that. I would say those are probably the core things that I do Um, as a paraplegic. They recommend you stand and you can't really stand unless you have a device that helps you stand. Like it's called a standing frame. I have a standing frame at home and uh, I get in that at least twice a day. They recommend to do like an hour a day to keep your bone density stretches out your hip flexors. There's a range of benefits. I find that it helps my digestion just standing up and my, you know, intestines aren't smashed in a seated seated position like they are most of the day. So that's good. Um, just so your digestion, how routines. is that your bowel movements? Very regular, very regular. Um, for example, I was doing a bowel program is what it's called when you have a spinal cord injury and you have to produce one via stimulus, whether it's an enema, a suppository, and um, some people do it in the morning, some people do it at night, but for the most part, as a general rule, you do it every other day, because most paraplegics are taking all these medications, and they're backed up, and they're constipated, and they're not going every day, because it's not ready to, it's not there mm-hmm. to go. So I was doing that every other day for those first two or three years, until I, I got regular getting off of them, and starting the green 85, I, that was probably my number one thing that helped me that that's why I've stayed on it this whole time is is not just for how I feel you know and that I'm getting good vitamins and that I'm detoxing I'm doing it more so for I can feel that my stomach's not as bloated everything is coming out there's not residual there's not a residual feel to my belly so um that that alone really it really did just that's probably been for for you that's my biggest claim to fame for sure yeah well um it is awesome. And it's not just me saying so. Um, I already, I know that stuff's awesome because I, we put so much attention to detail into it. Like Dr. Treadway is a genius, um, literally, and all that genius that got downloaded to him from all those doctors over in India, thousands of years of apprenticeship. I and mean, he got to take in all that from two different clinics and two lineages of thousands of years. Think about all the knowledge that that guy's got. It's just unbelievable. So he's, I love it. I mean, I just love the information I've gotten from him. And it's like, it's this ripple effect that we're paying it forward. So people don't think about it like, but when you can't poop, it's a problem, right? Damn. Like I yeah, know I what mean, that's like, man. It's like rocks coming out, blood. It's scary. And like you're, you start like, oh, well, geez, I hope that's not, well, that's a problem. I hope that goes away. Jeez, is this going to hurt me? And, you know, it's like, but you don't go around telling people about it. Yeah. Nobody knows that you can't poop or you're having issues, but nobody thinks about that stuff because we're all so busy, you know, in life and stuff, doing stuff. So I'm really glad that that's working, uh, really working well for you. So, yeah, I um, appreciate it. That's a great product. Yeah, I tell man. everybody about it. I told my buddy, uh, Kevin, the owner of the CrossFit gym, I go to in a wheelchair and he actually just ordered some pretty recently. So nice. I'll, uh, I'll be letting you know how he likes it too. Cool. Yeah. We have, uh, uh David Arce. He owns Brownsville CrossFit. He was one of my, uh, uh, coaching private one-on-one coaching clients. He, um, He's got a great story too. I maybe I should get all, get Dave get, get him on. He's he's got an amazing story, but um he he's definitely a proponent of the greens and he shares it with all of his uh, students and stuff at the at the gym and stuff. So it's kind of cool uh, paying it forward. So 
I'm actually really interested, man. So you have, um, you have a shirt on, it says paralyzed veterans of America. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Are you yeah. Um, with them? um, that's actually the a shirt that I got given to me from the local chapter out here. I'm not a member of the local chapter. I'm just a national member, but the reason why I wear it is just because bees, because, um, a gentleman out in California got me linked up with paralyzed veterans of America and let me know that I was able to use the VA, even though my injury wasn't a service connected injury. Um, the fact that I had tinnitus from being on the ship and I had any percentage of a service connected disability qualified me to use the VA for my healthcare, my equipment. And I mean, that alone changed my life from using my civilian insurance for my job at the time where it's co-pays after co-pays and referrals, and you don't even get enough catheters to go pee is, you know, more than every six hours kind of thing. So it's, mm. I mean, it's, it's crazy the stuff that people have to go through and the situation on the civilian side with the insurance and all that. So it's a huge blessing that I'm able to use the VA. I, anybody that has a crappy attitude at the VA, I make sure I let them know, I'm like, dude, we got it good. We got it made here compared to most people that don't use this facility. Yeah. So on the spinal cord injury side, I, I rave about the VA. I, they definitely have some negatives to some of their other, you know, categories and whatnot, but they've been second to none for me and I, I rave about them. They're awesome. That's cool. So what do you, what do you, what do you see the plans moving forward here for, for Cody Smith? What are you going to be doing with your life, man? With all this, uh, all this power that you hold inside of your palm of your hand. Well, my number one thing is, is not to act selfishly and try to do something for like my own glory, like go to try to be this, you know, athlete for CrossFit, you know, that that's all well and good to have that as my hobby. But my number one thing is, is being an example for my son, there you making go. sure my son is growing the way he's supposed to grow, you know, amongst these other kids and influences that he's going to be around. You know, I just want to make sure that my, my number one job is instilling a foundation that he's going to take with him no matter where he goes when I'm not around. So I just, that's kind of my number one thing. Um, I would say second to that is, and it should be just as equal is uh, maintaining the relationship with my wife that's been through so much throughout all of this. Um, a side note from, from all of my story from then until now, we actually tried to open up a business out here when we moved to Colorado. Um, an eyelash extension franchise because my wife was doing uh, permanent makeup eyelash extensions on the side when we lived in California and she was really liking it. It's very profitable. We're like, let's do our own business one day. And we pulled the trigger and got fully invested into it right before COVID and opened up and COVID happened. And when you don't have people to work for you, you can't run a business when everybody's on unemployment and they just quit with no notice and you're, you know, spending thousands to train a stylist. And that was just a whole nother struggle in itself. So we've been kind of bouncing back from that uh, the past few years since we've closed it up and kind of mended as much as we can from it. But she's been yeah, reinventing so many herself. small business owners out there, medium sized business owners struggling because of just the, the lockdowns and the mandates and all the crazy stuff and handing out free money to people. I don't worry about working just like stay home. And but eventually that's going to catch up. It's like nothing in life is free. No, man, as if people weren't already lazy before the pandemic, the pandemic has, it's, it's multiplied it. Yeah. People are gaining immensely. a lot more weight. Alcohol sales are up like 300%. I mean, suicides, suicides. Are through the roof. There's actually more people that have committed suicide now than, co than died of COVID. COVID 
by far, that. not even close. I saw that, man. That was that was sad to read. I read that today. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you, there was like I have it. There was a prediction. It was actually showing that we we're on course like twenty. This was like in 2020, 20 to thirty million uh, people in third world countries were going to die of starvation from supply chain delays. That's wow. exactly what happened. We had all these stupid supply chain delays. We're just not getting enough food to people. So, man, it's like the solutions and stuff are really with inside of us. If we, if we want to have a he healthy, happy life, we have to make that happen. We have to take action just like you did. So what would you say, uh, parting words for somebody um, that's <sighs> struggling with anything in their life? Um, what, would you, what would you recommend for them? Well, something that just popped in my head when you were saying that, and it's something that it kind of uh, has been reassured every step of the way for me is if you want something bad enough, you will find a way to make it happen. So I would say that find, find your purpose, find what makes you want to do it and just do it. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I, I guess that would be what it is, you know, like if, if, if it's if you want it that bad enough, you'll make it happen. But if you're not making it happen, it's because you don't want it bad enough. So it's not it's not your highest excitement. That's what we want you yeah. guys to do. Well, Cody, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your your personal story with us. Um, it's very inspiring to me, and I'm sure it's inspiring to the health heroes around the world that are listening. And um, just appreciate you coming on, brother, a lot. Thank you so much for having me, James. Uh, this our Tim James. This has been very uncomfortable. But I'm glad I did this because I, I feel like I accomplished something. This is something that I'm like, okay, I feel like I shouldn't do this. I don't want to do this. Everything's telling me not to do this, but I'm glad that I did it. Thank you for you did it. You did it, man. For calling me. Just Thank one, you for one calling more me. step, one more feather in your cap, dude. You're moving forward, doing those things that are scaring you. Knowing you're a kid, it's the scary rides that were the fun ones, right? Yep. Get comfortable being uncomfortable is what they say, too. Yeah. Try to that's do good. that. Well, that's... I know your message is going to get received well, and I know that there's and that's the reason I do a show because if I figured if there's one person out there that listens and it pivots them and they go in a different direction and helps them have a higher quality of life so they can wake up and feel good. Um, I'm all in and I, I can, I freaking guarantee. I know that people listening to there's going to be somebody on here who's having a bad day or a bad week or a bad month or a bad year or whatever. And then they're going to hear your story and say, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to take charge of my life like Cody did. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing that message. And I want to thank everybody around the world listening. Um, I'm very humbled. Like, you know, we're one of the top alternative health podcasts in the world right now. And it's, I, I just can't even believe it. So I'm just really excited about it. I want to keep bringing good content to you guys. If you guys like this message um, today from Cody, and if you um, found it, uh, or if you know somebody that could help share it with somebody else, you know, sometimes when they hear about other people's struggles and how they come through it, it helps other people realize that, hey, you know, maybe I don't have it so bad. I, I can do this. I can pull through. I can I can repair my relationship. I can, you know, I can f overcome this health challenge like Cody did. Um, no matter how bad it looks, there's always a silver lining out there if you just never give up, never give up, never give up. So, again, thank you so much. Please like, share, and subscribe. Um, and until next time, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you guys again real soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon.
You have just listened to the Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>